0: Welcome to CORE 242 Podcast, brought to you by CORE Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. Alright, let's do this because we're, we're excited about this. I, again, we, th- we thought the teaching was going to be on... Uh, the teachings was going to be on worshiping and laughter and then we kind of did a 360 today this morning but God led us to do the the praising in anger and at first when Trish and I started talking about it it was like all right interesting okay where's God is leading us and as we started studying and what God's been was revealing to us it was so cool about it because it kind of checked us because we there's so much negative things about anger and everything else like that but in our anger, if we do it the right way, and we're going to talk about all that, in our anger, we, we praise God, we worship God with our trust. Because what will we do with our anger? Because we need to remember, Deuteronomy 32, 35 said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. So this, what we're going to talk about this is that point in our lives when we get angry and instead of us acting out what we want to do, we give God the glory and honor and peace and trust and let him avenge what we want to do. And we're going to talk about why there's, there's that line between worshiping God and sinning. Right. Right? So
1: first thing that we wanted to set the foundation, uh, most of us have not really heard a teaching on anger uh, in our Christian walk in, in church. And if we have, it's usually about managing anger or controlling anger or how anger is bad and how we're supposed to be patient, how we're supposed to be long-suffering and forgiving about everything, Mm -hmm. right? And we just want to start from ground zero with the fact that anger is something that God created. Mm -hmm. It is an emotion that God gave us the capacity to have. And therefore, there's something redeeming about anger. There's a reason why he gave us that emotion and where we want to start off first of all is is with that teaching that anger is discussed in literally every book of the bible mm-hmm. and there's examples of how anger was held, handled well and anger and how sometimes it was handled poorly right but we can learn from all of those examples and one of the biggest models of of where we see anger coming to pass is actually from god himself mm-hmm. And we see how God not only uh, expressed his anger, but how he is slow to anger, how he's abounding in love. These are the very fundamental qualities of who God is. But it doesn't say that God doesn't get angry. It doesn't say that God suppresses his anger and stuffs it down and pretends it doesn't exist. But he is self-controlled and he, there, are, there are consequences and there are logical solutions to resolving his anger. So that's what we want to learn from and realize that God gave us that same capacity, since we're made in his image, that we, like God, have the ability, have the emotion um, of anger for a reason, but our expression of it obviously has more limitations than what God himself is able to express because he has the authority and power as God, Um, and his perspective is far more just, far more, you know, sometimes we get upset, we get angry because we only know one small piece of the pie, right? Right. But God, who is all knowing and knows all things, when God is angry, uh, yeah, he pretty much has every right to be angry because by the time God gets angry, um, we have so far crossed the line and the boundaries. Which is the first thing that we wanted to say as our major point about anger. Every emotion that we have, right? Um, when When we laugh, that's our body's way of letting us know that we are happy or that we enjoy something, right? When we cry, that's our body's indicator to let us know that something has made us sad or has broken our heart. When we feel angry, there is a physical response. Your blood pressure goes up, your heart starts pounding, you might clench your teeth or your fists, right? There's a very, your body releases cortisol and adrenaline. Um, You may literally see red because the capillaries in your eyes open up Ah. and your blood is flowing through your body, right? There is a physical response that you cannot entirely control. And when you feel that response, The reason your body is feeling that response, and and this is the main thing that we want to unpack, is that God gave us that anger response to let us know that something needs to change. It is a warning bell, right? A warning signal that we are supposed to stop and figure out something in our environment needs to change. It may be the other person who is violating a boundary. It may be us. Who needs to open up our perspective but the main point about anger that we're gonna see is that anger has been given to us by God as a boundary marker that when it is crossed it's like you know when we set our alarm at night on our house and someone opens the door and the siren goes off when you feel anger you should look at it as this is a siren going off something is wrong and something needs to change now you can't jump to the conclusion of what that change needs to be because, right? Most of the time, we'd be like, "It's you who needs to change." Yes. We, we want to point the finger. A lot of times, it's usually something in us that's actually needs to needs to adapt and change. But we wanted to just start off with looking at scripture and looking at how the Bible speaks of anger and specifically how we see anger as an emotion that God Himself embraces.
0: Yeah, we need to look at it as we're going to go through the verses, and if you guys as we're talking about you're thinking about uh, when God shows anger and, and, even, and even Jesus shows anger we're going to get into the New Testament and everything else what was the point of that anger it wasn't just to punish a lot of times he did that that, he, that people would come back to him the whole point of God's creation his story is it's that relational part of it that even when he was angry he was angry with I'm here for you you're going away from me. Here's my anger to bring you back. Okay. And I know it's, 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 it might sound a little bit like uh, abusive, but it's not. It was fully in love and fully um, with a plan. So when we're talking about this anger, what's going to happen, like I said, at the beginning, is it going to bring him closer to him or it's going to keep you far away? In Genesis 3, and this is when Trisha and I were looking through it, Uh, That was one of the, I think, one of the first times that you hear about anger. So we're in Genesis 3, I'm sorry. Genesis 4.
1: Well, Genesis 3 talks about it, too. We see that man and woman cross the boundary and the very first sin, right? And God gives them consequences. So it doesn't use the word anger, but you see here that they're afraid, and they're afraid for good reason because they're afraid God's going to come in, right, and destroy them. But God is upset, and they do have the consequences of the curse. But you notice immediately that the way God handles his anger, again, so the very first person in scripture who's mad is God. And he gives them consequences, but there's, even with that, there's a logical consequences. He doesn't give them what they fully deserve, and he cares for them. You see that he banishes them from the garden, but he creates clothing for them. So I think it's important for us to understand that when we have anger, that we can show consequences in the relationship to the other person, but we shouldn't remove love and and God emulates that for us, right? So even in Genesis 3, God shows consequences towards them, but he doesn't stop caring for them. Does that make sense? I think a lot of times part of the reason we're afraid to really own or wrestle or talk through anger is that as children we feel like when anger comes, there's a loss of relationship. It's you feel rejected. You feel that you've been a disappointment and that there's when there's anger involved, it it creates a distance between you and the other person.
0: Yeah. So when we're looking at this, the uh, restoration, restorative,
1: restorative. Yep. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, so we're looking at this. The the one that we want to talk about is Cain and Abel. The offering, right? Cain brought an offering. Abel brought an offering. Abel's offering was favored. Cain was not. And it's the in the verse uh, four five. I'm sorry. Then the When that happened, so Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And here's the the next verse says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. So this is the... He's the Lord himself talking to Cain, checking him with, I see your anger. You should do something right right now, but that sin is close by. Be careful because it might destroy you.
1: Right. And notice that he doesn't say even the anger is allowed. Yeah. But he says, be careful because sin is at your door. The anger itself was not a sin, but God already knew that as Cain entertained that anger, he would become bitter Right, and he would become vengeful, and he would take his anger, the result, the resolution of his anger, into his own hands, and he does that in the following verses. He deceives yeah. his brother, gets him to go out into a field, right, and then he kills him. So we see immediately, you know, the contrast between in chapter three where God is angry and humanity deserved death, but God doesn't do that, versus chapter four where Cain is angry and Abel is innocent, but yeah, but Abel, I mean, but Cain kills him out of his jealous anger out of his prideful you know need for revenge
0: yeah yeah and then so that's the important and then also it kind of just leads to a lot of times our anger and you mentioned at the beginning our anger is is towards somebody that don't even deserve that it's it's right. just one of those things you know boss yells at you at work you come and yell it at, at your at your spouse the spouse yells at the child and the child kicks the dog Right. It's, it's it's one of those little things that go through it and when we cannot control the anger but but again here here in this place there's anger but there's also an opportunity to change the outcome of that anger and right. how that where where, you gonna, right. yep, where you're going yeah where you're actually going to go with it right
1: so when we have anger we always have that moment like we're saying to just stop you know there's that old acronym halt if you're hungry angry lonely or tired that you just when you feel that you're triggered by anger to just stop and before you act or react, the anger in and of itself isn't wrong, but your response could potentially be very destructive, either to yourself or to someone else, right? Um, take uh, a minute, take a knee is what yep. I started my prayer. I would tell them I got this from the Will Smith of his son, that movie, and it's his time to stop. Son, take a knee, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Take a minute, take a, minute, take take a, a anything, knee. And that's, mm-hmm. Yes, I like it. And that's absolutely what we should do. So you see, as you go through Genesis, that time and time again, humanity is doing all these things that bring God anger. By chapter 6, the world is such a mess and full of so much wickedness that it says that God was grieved that he created humanity, right? And he goes to wipe it out, but he rescues Noah and his family. And then again, when you see a few chapters later, God goes to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and again, we think of these moments of God's yeah, like Abraham, wrath where God calls down fire, Right. But Abraham asks and he says, Lord, how you're a righteous God. Would you destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there were even fifty people or twenty-five people? He keeps going down. He says, even if there were ten. And we see here how God's anger, his wrath, is there because of the evil and wickedness of humanity, because of their disobedience to him. But he will he doesn't destroy the good because of the wicked. He actually spares the wicked because of the righteous remnant and and when God destroys the city or when God ultimately destroys the world as we see in Revelation the the thing that we were realizing is the fact that God already knows our hearts and he already knows that whole whether it's restorative or whether we will repent and when we get to that place where there is no hope of repentance that's when God's wrath comes in a destructive way Mm -hmm. if there were even 10 Mm -hmm. he would withhold his wrath if there were even right and he looks down on the world that he created, and he finds there is no one who is righteous, no one who is good, not even one. And that's when the cup of wrath is full, and and you see the destruction. Yes, in in
0: that example, we, we need, we're we're taught that in uh, it's not because of the bad people, the good people die or get get a vengeance on by the Lord. It's because of the good people, the righteous people. The unrighteous actually get grace. Get grace, right? So that that's an important part of that. And uh, we were talking about again this anger thing, how it leads us and separates us so much. And when we were talking about the, the example for me that that was, that was the big one was Moses. So in in the Exodus uh, seventeen they're they're in the wilderness. They're walking around in the desert. And they need water, so Moses goes to to the Lord, and the Lord says, Here, take, take my rod, hit hit the rock, water will come out, all glory to God. And he does that, and it's an awesome thing. Now, the problem was in Numbers, in Numbers uh, chapter 20, 7 through 12, same thing. They're in the desert, surprisingly in the desert, but still haven't found water. They're thirsty, and again, they're grumbling. Even though the Lord has provided for them over and over again, so this is a place where, where, where Moses is just pissed, pretty much. He's like, "Why are you? What are you gonna? What am I gonna do with these people that you have given me? I just can't do nothing." Mm -hmm. So God again tells him, "Takes the take the rod, go to the go by the rock, and speak to the rock, and and the water will come out." But at this point, Moses is like mad angry he's like he comes before before the people and he's like you want water i got you water and he bangs on the rock with the rod again and of course water comes out but here but here's the problem this was the interesting part that even though he disobeyed god and what he did god's god still used him for his glory because that was needed to happen but because of his disobedience Moses wasn't able to go enter the promised land. He wasn't able to continue with God like the, the rest of them. So it's out of that anger and out of the frustration that Moses did something that brought disobedience. He, dis, right. dis, uh, he disobeyed God. So this, this, God does this amazing check to him. It's like, all right, I know first I told you to strike it. You weren't listening to me. Now I told you to speak to the rock. You did not there's disobedience and that there's going to be separations between you and me because of your actions. So it wasn't like people are like, oh, it's because he struck it twice and not once, like last time or anything like that. It wasn't a magic. It w- it, yeah, it's, it's not how many times you hit the rock like that. It was just, it was just. He acted just
1: out of anger, anger rather yeah. than faith. The yeah. motives are always, mm-hmm. this is why I hear the motives are always um, important. Right. Uh, and we're so no it gets a consequence. God. Yeah, when no obeying God because how Moses, even in obeying, right here, can still be off. Exactly, it, you know? And and it wasn't wrong, even that Moses was frustrated or angry with the people of Israel, because you see all through Exodus and all that, over and over, God is like, these people are stiff necked, yes, and God Himself mean. is ready to like, mm-hmm. I'm just done with them. Like they're, yeah. I have done all this for them, and they're still disobedient. They're still, and you, you in the beginning, you actually see Moses pleading with God. Yeah. And then yeah. eventually Moses too is like, you know what, God, you were right. These people are stiff-necked. they go back I can't and forth. deal with these people. I don't yeah. want to... Yeah, they go back and forth. Moses said, your people, God I said, your people, your <laughs> people, God I said, your people, corrupt yourself. Moses said, so they, they do go back and forth in claiming the Israelites about those. Right, because right. yeah. they are. They're <laughs> stiff-necked and disobedient. And and that's the thing. So again, the, the anger in and of itself is not something that's wrong. It's when we out of anger begin to deceive others or when we are disobedient to God those are the two things that when we start to because we saw with Cain right he disobeyed he he deceives his brother and he gets him to go out to a field and then he kills him and then in these other situations there's disobedience that's involved that when we're angry God tells us to do something and we do the opposite we do what we want rather than what he's telling us to do because we don't like God's plan we want to do things our way, right? We're mad, and we feel like we're justified. And he felt like he could just smack the rock and, start, you know, listening to what God wanted him to do. But his heart, yeah, his heart was not I was, was going to say, right. the heart is inherently evil. That's why we need right. The Holy Spirit. And that's where anger, we have to be careful, because remember, like, God is, is all good. God is just. He's, you know, the, the Scripture says here, this is Nehemiah 9, it says... Um, our forefathers were arrogant and stiff-necked and did not obey God's commands. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles. Um, in rebellion, they appointed a leader and chose to go back to slavery. But you are forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And therefore, you did not desert them. So in our anger, because we're fallen humans, our anger can become very distorted. It's very self-centered. Our motives a lot of times are out of insecurity or pride. But when God is angry, first of all, he's slow to anger. It doesn't mean he doesn't ever become angry. Um, but he's slow to anger, meaning that he's patient. And when he does become angry, it is fully justified. And because he's totally pure and holy and good, his anger, there's no there's no falsehood in it. There's no deception in it. There's no um, pride or arrogance to it. Uh, it, is, it is provoked at that point. And whatever outcome is totally righteously and justly due, um, as opposed to our anger, which a lot of times is you know simple like someone cut us off on the road and it just made us a little mad, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the,
0: when we talk about the the Ephesians one, the Ephesians four twenty six is really popular when it talks about in your anger do not sin. But Paul Paul is actually quoting Psalm chapter four, yeah, chapter four verse four. In your anger, do not sin. When you're on your bed, search your heart and be silent. Offer right sacrifice and trust in the Lord. This is the big one is, is that where we get angry. Again, anger is okay, right? We've, we've, we've said it a number of times. Anger is okay, but do not sin in your anger. It was okay for Moses to be angry with his, with, with the Israelites, but it was not okay for him to do something that that would that was not what God told them to do. Right. It is okay for us to angry, but how we respond is the important part. And I love that it says offer right sacrifice and trust in the Lord. This is the hard one. Like Trish and I were talking about it. How would this look like with us as as, as a married couple, for example? When some when she does something angry that makes me angry, or the other way around, do I just like well I trust the Lord will fix Did her you? You know, it's, 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 it's gonna, He's going gonna to avenge me. But here's the, here's the thing is, yes, that, that's kind of one of the things that we've got to do, is that we have to trust God that it's, it's not up to me because I'm not just. I'm not righteous. I'm not that. So the anger that's going to come out of me towards her is not going to be the, the just and a vengeance to her action that is honoring God. It's not going to
1: be. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's hard. It's my slapping you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I
0: can't slap him, but You can't. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah.
1: That, that's not it. Yes, try it's, Jesus, but don't try Jesus. <laughs> right.
0: Because I, I
1: die. Because I throw hands. Yeah. I have no problem laying these hands. That's what he said but but we should we should and and honestly you know the first time Jesus came he he does flip tables and all that in the temple but for the most part we we see that he he right he was beaten and he was killed and and nothing he he didn't say anything he could have called on these angels but he didn't but when you see the picture in Revelation It's a very different picture, right? So we see God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you see, like, some people think, oh, well, Old Testament, God was a wrathful God. Well, have you read Revelation? Like, have you? Like, God didn't stop being upset by wickedness yeah. God doesn't turn a blind eye to injustice right keep covered exactly but he tells us over and over again that we should that we should not sin in our anger but that our anger should move us towards justice mm-hmm. our anger mm-hmm. should move us towards change and transformation that it we shouldn't just see the sin in our lives and and be upset by it but then just you know like James says look in the mirror and then go back to just being the same yeah, forgetting you know, how i look forgetting how you look we should be angered and grieved by by the wickedness that's in us and around us and we should be motivated to then change
0: yeah and the in the in that time of prayer everything like that i love we we looked at it what was the name of those psalms that we looked up the 36 109 yes. the, anyway angry psalms. <laughs> there's like five or six angry no, songs. there's more
1: there's there's seven and there's themes in other ones um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at. It.
0: So it was just interesting because you look at it and you read it. So David is angry about his enemies or people around him, and he's like, he's just throwing him, throwing them all to God. And he's like, I can't do nothing about it. Here it is. But the funny part is, then he gives him ideas. He's like, Hey, so these are my enemies. If you oh, would, God,
1: I I yeah, you know, really he
0: started like, giving I'm him now. ideas. I'm but it. but he realized that he <laughs> should not. He should that not do that insane. to them. He's like, but Lord, if you want to do that to him, I'm if, not gonna. Stop I'm not you. gonna <laughs> stop you exactly. But he wasn't taking his uh, that action to his own hands. He was trusting God. And yeah, he, he was still he, go yeah, he, he was tr- the apple of God's eye. He was, tr- he was trusting God in it. But in, that's in that that's time. the
1: key, right? So here you see that David is consistently called a man after God's yeah. own heart. And yet, David, right, he, he hated evil, he hated wickedness, he had enemies, and these these are called Psalms of Anger, Psalms of Wrath. Um, more formally, they're called the Imprecatory Psalms. So in other words, they're Psalms where he deeply expresses his anger and calls God to act on his behalf. There's Psalm 35, 55, 59, 69, 79... 109 and 137 Hmm. and if you read them the language is really quite harsh even Psalm 139 which is one of my favorites it's you know where can I go from your spirit where can I flee from your presence imprecatory Psalms towards the end there's this shift where he says but if only you would destroy my enemies right Um, and it's a call for, for again when we're angry that there's a call that something needs to change and and that change may just be that we call on the lord and we ask the lord to act on our behalf there may be something that we need to do but there may be something that and this is how we praise god with our anger that we don't just take our anger i think so often in church we take anger and because we think anger is bad and wrong when we feel that emotion we tell ourselves we're not allowed and we stuff it down. Yeah. We pretend that we're not mad because it's like, oh, I'm just going to turn the other cheek. Oh, I'm just going to forgive and forget the way that I'm God okay, does. I'm, good. I'm okay, I'm good. No. If someone, me, d- if, if something is angry. Now, if you're yeah. angry in a way yeah. that because you just have a temper problem, that's different. But if you're angry because someone has violated a boundary, yeah. if you're in an abusive marriage, if you're, there's a million things that could be mm-hmm. wrong, God gave us the boundary of anger for a reason and we do a disservice to the image of God that we have been created in the image of God. And we are defacing the image of God if we don't allow ourselves to genuinely feel the emotion of anger. And when we feel it, we don't because here's the thing about anger. When you go and you feel anger, it's it's just like when you have tears. If you hold the tears in, like they just they're going to just leak out. When you're angry, anger brings with it the fight, flight, or freeze response, right? So there's an energy that comes with it. There's the cortisol and it needs, it's a, it can be destructive. So you can either make your anger constructive, right? You can use it as a force for positive change or you can use it destructively. And the reality is if we don't allow ourselves to embrace and feel anger, it will 100 times out of 100 times be destructive. It will either destroy the people around you if you express it and vent it outwardly, it will destroy people and relationships, or guess what, if you pretend it's not there and you hold it in, it's going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. It will destroy you from the inside out. You'll start to have anxiety. You'll be bound by guilt and shame. You'll start to have issues with insomnia. You'll be physically ill. There's a million and one repercussions. You can pretend that you're not angry but you're really just not dealing with it and you're stuffing it inside and like a ticking time bomb, it's going to make you sick. So we need to be able to truly feel anger to recognize it's a gift from God to see that anger and say, Lord, let me use this anger constructively to glorify you by either healing the relationship, sitting down, having a conversation and saying, listen, when you did this, it violated my boundary and we need to set the terms of engagement. You can't talk to me that way again. I'm not going to allow you to do this to me again. This relationship has to change. Or in myself, that I'm angry, and so I'm not going to put myself in that situation where I become a victim again. Or, to the third, which again, all of these, praising God, that we take our anger like David did, and we cry out to God to act on our behalf. The social injustices, you know, the things that are out of our control that we can't change. When we see abuse of power, when we see... You know, deceptive political forces, when we see systemic racism and oppression and poverty and things that these, we shouldn't just not be angry by these things. These things should upset us, these things should call us to action. But when they're bigger than we are, we need to praise God by taking them to Him and offering them in trust and saying, Lord, I know you're a righteous God. I know you're a just God. Will you act on my behalf? You see this injustice. And I need you to act. I'm not going to take this into my own hands because your word says that vengeance belongs to the Lord and that you will repay. And that's a way of praising God. You don't praise God by pretending that you're never mad. You don't (laughs) praise God by being a living doormat. You don't praise God by stuffing your anger and allowing it to destroy the temple of the Holy Spirit that you are by allowing it to tear your temple down from the inside out. You praise God by embracing that anger and bringing it to the Lord for him to bring the change that is required in and around you. Amen. Amen. I wasn't in the notes, yeah. but I was there.
0: I know. You, you went for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was powerful. Yes. <laughs> I can't
1: wait. We recorded record Jose. It, 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 it's so all it, good. I can hear Okay. Like, good, oh, this
0: good. is nice. Some of it was in the notes.
1: Oh. So, I mean, it was. it was. So anger, just recapping, is a basic emotion that's a key to survival. Um, we we don't want to vent or unleash because anger will actually feed on itself and become like it did for Cain, where it becomes a monster that will ultimately turn and destroy you. Your own rage, your own anger. The more you vent or you act it out violently, the more it becomes addictive and the more it becomes this temper, this monster that you can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we do is that when we become angry, uh, we we have to we have to like we said halt. Um, and then you have these three. I
0: don't know if you want to cover. You have a little piece. No, these, This was yeah, his idea. Sun, sun. <laughs> At the bottom. Right? I, got, I got it here in my notes. Okay, cool. <laughs> write write.
1: Tag to you. There you go. I'll drink
0: my water. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but just just kind of come into that about anger and our response and everything. Uh, one of the things that that I got excited about is, is Micah six eight. When we talk about what, what God wants from us when we get angry, to do justly, love mercy, and. And walk humbly that, with the that. Lord. That's so, if that. you think about it, when we're getting angry, what can we give? We should do justly. Can we honestly do justly to somebody who angers us? Most of the time, no, because we're not just. Can we show mercy? It's a lot of times. It's a hard thing Aww. to do. It's hard. So we, we give it's it to, to God. So great. The last. The last thing is to oh, humbly walk with the Lord that was a big one for with anger because I hear it all the time, especially in the biker community with with, with all these uh, type A bikers and everything, tough guys. They're like, well, it's righteous anger or I'm a, a man first and a Christian second and all of that and, and you need to oh. check yourself. Don't okay. make me lose
1: my Christianity. Yeah, don't make Never me lose my bad, Christianity.
0: Bad. But it's just one of those things is like sometimes we need to humble the ourselves because we get upset about things and anger things because it... They hurt our pride and nothing else. When we get upset when somebody cuts us off, it's not because oh they endangered us. It's like you think you're better than me. You think you can cut me off. You, you it didn't. is more important for you to. <laughs> so nervous. It is oh to God. be more important for you to go where to be ahead of yeah. me. So we we need to check ourselves and get humble in that in those situations so that way we kind of understand what God is really really doing. So. That, I, I just wanted to add that to, to what you were saying. It's, it's being humble and being able to check ourselves in our heart of why are we actually angry. Is right. it, be, A lot of our righteous is it, is, anger is yeah. actually
1: self righteous Yeah, anger. is it
0: injustice or is it just pride? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, just to jump on the three things that, that Trish was talking at the end. Is the first one about anger that we can do is restrain it. And it's uh, Proverbs twenty nine eleven 11 speaks of this. It says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. As you guys see, he's not ignoring his anger. He's not repressing. He's not repressing. He's controlling it. It's just—it's literally when somebody upsets you, pisses you off, and then and you kind of ready to punch somebody in the throat, and somebody holds you back. That's something that we need to do to ourselves. We need to control ourselves because for us to just blot it out proverbs says it's a fool thing to do it's foolish or
1: completely stuffing it down
0: yeah or stuffing it's it's the control part we don't want to stuff it down we don't want us to blow it up we want to be able to um we we want to control our anger is the way it says the next one one is restrain so the first one is restrain second one is reevaluate uh so the uh, that one is james chapter one uh verse 19 and 20 my dear brothers take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Again, we see that it. Doesn't, he says, slow to, uh, slow to speak and slower to become angry. Right? He doesn't say and don't become angry. It says slower to become angry. What does that mean? Is like when something's happening, take your time. Like, why is this bothering me? What, what is going on right now that I'm getting angry? It's slower to be angry. Is this going to lead... What I'm feeling right now is this is going to lead to the righteous life that God desires of me? That, that's where we need to just kind of pause and check what my reaction is going to be, what I'm angry about. Is, it's We have to re- re-eval- reevaluate <laughs> what we're going through. And the, the last Part one. Part of
1: that, though, is also when we're reevaluating, you're thinking about how did the situation unfold and how do you prevent from getting into a pattern. How do you prevent that from reoccurring? I think a lot of times we get angry about stuff that just keeps happening and our reaction is the same, right? So like a spouse or a friend that does something and continues to just, and you're like mad about it all the time and it's the same fight over and over. So part of the reevaluating is to, to also take a step yeah, back and say, mean. what do I need to do differently mm-hmm. so that this situation doesn't continue in a vicious cycle?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the last one is release it. And this might be the hardest one. Um, one of the ways that we talked about releasing it is praying, like David did in those psalms. But just releasing it to God. Trusting that God will avenge it um, better than the way we would. And we have to trust that. He is more just, more loving, more caring, more wisdom, and all that stuff. Um, the verse is Colossians 3, uh, verses 8. Colossians chapter 3, verses 8. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and fel- filthy language from your lips. It's, it is not of the Lord to... Become ang- like bitter. To, be, to blow up on people. To curse somebody out. To, mm-hmm. to uh, rage out. All those things is not of the Lord. And it's, uh, I know it's, it's hard for us to... Um, to control sometimes but if we're looking to deal with these things to deal with with the world and, and uh, all the things that upset us in the way that the lord wants us to do the way god honor the way we honor god the way we can praise god uh we got to get rid of those things uh from our lives so that way we, we can the way we start praise god even in our anger with our anger right
1: and it's not just that you pray about it and forget about it, but as you, you know, as you restrain yourself, you 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 own your anger, you you know, funnel it in a self-controlled way. You reevaluate. You get some perspective. Maybe that's just sleeping on it overnight. You know, taking some distance, talking about it with a trusted friend, just taking some deep breaths, and then ultimately releasing it not only to the Lord in prayer and trusting that He will avenge right he will eventually balance all the injustice scales. that it's not us it's not our job to do but there's also the releasing of sitting down and talking and and finding peace in the relationships not sweeping it under the rug not just forgive and forget and pretend nothing ever happened because then you get bitter and again we get these cycles of anxiety or depression which you don't necessarily think those have to do with unresolved anger but they very often do there's trauma, there's abuse that we've been carrying, that we've never allowed ourselves to feel the anger. We've never allowed ourselves to express the anger. And only when we really get in touch with that side of ourselves, um, are we able to then constructively have these conversations and truly find healing. So that's those are just some of the things. And all of these things are, how do we take that anger and handle it in a way that actually is worthy of who God created us to be, and in a way that praises and honors Him in our relationships.
0: Yeah, I would definitely encourage you guys uh, one, the Psalm 4-4 that that I said in your anger do not sin when you're on your beds, search your heart and be silent. Offer right side, cross and trust in the Lord. I think that's such a a good active thing that we can do when we get to the anger place, is to find that quiet place that we talk about uh, all the time, and and just search your heart and if you if you need if you need a good word words' psalm 139 23 24 search me O God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting can you imagine when we get angry that we let God do something in that anger we, we tra- we, and we we're transparent with God even when we're angry when we're somebody hurt us we're in pain we're we're going through all these things search me oh god and know my heart what is this what's happening right now how can i i love it, it says and leave me in the way everlasting god right now in this anger how can i honor you instead of how can i repay these people for what they did to me and that that mind change is where god is going to be glorifying us where we get closer to
1: And I think a lot of times our anger, we just need to be angry about the right things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have, we don't get angry about the things that anger God. And we get angry about the things because of our pride or insecurity. And it really is, that's thats why the topic was praising God with our anger. Lord, break my heart over the things that break yours. Lord, make me angry about the things that anger you. The injustices, you know, And and use, let me use that anger to be a force of change in myself, in my relationships, and in the community around
0: me. Amen. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.